Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Date Yourself Radio. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, and I'm a green smoothie enthusiast, a radical self-care advocate, and a dating mindset coach for ambitious women looking for a deep and meaningful romantic partnership. Each week, you'll hear me answer a frequently asked question from this community, interview experts in the field, or work directly with a caller as I coach them through a dating or relationship obstacle they're facing. I give practical advice and tangible action that you can apply to your own life so you can learn how to treat yourself the way you want to be treated and get into the relationship you desire and deserve. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Date Yourself Radio. Usually when I invite my guests onto the show, I learn everything I can about them beforehand via their blog, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, the works. And then I have a list of 10 to 15 questions to ask. And if I get through them, great. And if I don't, that's fine too. But I'll be honest, for my guest today, this was the least prepared I've ever been. Part of it was logistical. When I recorded this episode, the Dating Mindset Bootcamp was open for enrollment, and I had almost 30 calls in a two-day period. But I had an idea of what my guest's journey was, so I thought, okay, I can easily ask her about her journey, dissect it a little bit, and hopefully pull out plenty of teachable moments for you all. And my guest, Maggie, did not disappoint. I actually think this is one of the rawest conversations I've ever had on the podcast. So Maggie is a transformational coach, and she's actually the business partner with Kelly, who was on the show earlier talking all about perfectionism, and I'll link to that episode in the show notes. So yes, today we talk about Maggie's journey from being unlovable to lovable, but we also talk a lot about this whole self-development thing. We think it's supposed to make us happier, right? Well, long run, yes, living more authentically makes you happier and more content, but there are some pretty painful times along that path. So as you listen in, ask yourself these questions. If your life feels dull or flat right now, what are you waiting for to change it? Would you rather take the easy path that leads to a boring view of the forest, or would you rather take the path with lots of rocks and it's steep and sometimes it just plain sucks? But at the end of that path, there's a 360 degree view of the most beautiful mountains, lakes, and rivers. Where do you, where do your beliefs about who you are or your worthiness come from? If you've had a recent realization that you don't love or respect yourself, what is your plan to create a deep loving relationship with yourself? As always, the links to connect with Maggie and all the resources we mentioned in the show are available at the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 24. 
And the conversation doesn't end here. Head over to the private date yourself community on Facebook at veronicagrant.com forward slash community and tell us about your self-development journey. Are you on it now? Have you started it yet? What do you love about it? And where are you getting stuck? All right, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to Date Yourself Radio. Hey, Veronica, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so excited to talk with you and spend this time with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to have you. I had your business partner, Kelly, on a few episodes ago. I can't remember the number, um, but we had an amazing conversation about overcoming perfection, which resonated with so much of my community. So I just can't wait for my peeps to hear your story. Awesome. So um, for those of those who didn't listen to my interview with Kelly, um, just tell us a little bit about what you do right now. So uh, I'm co-owner of Strong Body Whole Heart, and our real mission is to help individuals transform from the inside out. So we want to support individuals in living um, their lives with more joy, passion, self-love, and being more authentic. Awesome. That sounds like a very hefty mission, but something Uh, I totally, totally jive on. So tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get to be where you are now? Well, I have a background in fitness and I really believe that that started the draw with, I did a lot of personal training. I worked with a lot of women. I worked with teenage girls. You know, I worked with some men as well. But really noticed as I was moving forward in my career that there was a missing component that I was really attracted to wanting to dig into. And that was the emotional and mental side of health and well-being. Mm-hmm. So when I look at that this idea of health, I don't just look at nutrition. I don't just look at fitness. I see that there are so many aspects. You know, you've got a spiritual side, an emotional side, mental side. And what I found was, is that, that digging into the emotional mental side was really missing and that people were staying stuck Mm -hmm. in old habits, even on a physical level, because they weren't dealing with some of their own internal issues that were going on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can totally, I just want to pause there because that's like totally my story and why I got into fitness or, or I was in fitness first and then like moving into the more coaching world was exactly because the women showing up were like, you need to punish me. I ate like three brownies last night or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's something deeper here. And I had gone through that same transformation as well. So that's when I was like, okay, I need to not just like tell them to do 10 more crunches, but actually see what's going on on inside. Right. Right. That's such, that is so true. I can completely relate to that. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was from, from there that I decided to start, looking into coaching and ended up going through um, a few certifications. But the first one I did was through the Ford Institute in San Diego, um, which is based on the work of Debbie Ford. Um, And then I've done some additional um, trainings uh, from there. But it was great being able to implement um, this aspect of health and well-being and to be able to really start supporting people and digging into their their blocks and their issues. Um, and so from there, I really knew this was what I wanted to do. You know, yeah, it's a big mission, like what we are doing and what you're doing. But it's like, you know what, this is my passion. This is what my soul is telling me to do. And so I really just transformed out of personal training worlds into the coaching world. Mm, I love that. Totally my story as, as well. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about your personal journey. And and I think the theme I want for this, well, we'll see where it goes, but you know, we talked offline earlier about going from unlovable to lovable and Mm -hmm. this episode will probably air and well, definitely will air in mid June. And so it'll be about a month or so after the end of the date yourself challenge. And we had like over 600 women participate and it was so amazing. And a lot of the women were, you know, the biggest realization that the women had were like, wow, like I clearly 
didn't like love myself or have enough self-respect to actually, you know, give myself five minutes every day. Cause that was like the minimum, like, you know, at least do something for five minutes every single day for the date yourself challenge. So I just think this story or your story is going to just be so timely and, um, insightful for, you know, all the challengers and all the women listening to this podcast, but also, um, you know, let them know that they're, they're not alone, that a lot of people have this realization. So can you, so uh, I just rambled along enough. No, <laughs> so, awesome. Um, can I'm you tell say, us a little bit about that part of yeah, your journey? And you tell me if you want me to fast forward in my life, um, because I'm going to start way back. Let's go way back. Let's go all the okay. way. I'm going to start at four. Okay. And I'm going to remember this child who at one point was innocently dressing up and dancing around and looking in the mirror saying, I'm so beautiful, filled with love, didn't have uh, a doubt in the world. Mm -hmm. And then one day she overhears her grandmother talking to her mom about how she eats and how my mom needs to really control how she's eating or she's going to get fat. So there, the way that I, the visual I have is there's one little cut that's now on my arm. Right. Mm -hmm. And the next situation or circumstance comes up, um, whether it's around an issue with food that someone's telling my mom, or maybe it's a little girl in preschool who doesn't say something nice to me, or maybe it's my teacher trying to explain something to me. And I take it in a very personal way, mm -hmm. more scratches on the arm. So the idea is, is that you know, we make meaning out of everything that happens to our life, right? Mm -hmm. We justify things as being good, bad, right, wrong. And when you're that young, you know, you have to make sense of the world and we interpret things um, differently. So for yeah. example, my grandmother saying something to my mother about the way I was eating, maybe she was saying it in a very loving way, mm -hmm. but the way that I interpret it was something's wrong with me. Yeah. So as we go on and fast forward a few years and we've had other experiences and incidents um, occur, we kind of collect these these meanings and they become beliefs that we have about ourselves. You know, and I'm sure we can all think of some of our own beliefs that we've had. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Um, I'm lazy, you know, and one for me in all, and all of those single ones, the, the big one for me, what it came down to was really that I was unlovable, that through my experiences and how I made meaning out of things that I couldn't be loved. Yeah. And from that point on, what happens is you have this belief ingrained in you. And so, you know, I wanted to hide that. I didn't want anyone to know that I wasn't lovable that was really scary. Mm -hmm. And so all my choices then were based on trying to get someone or something to love me, to prove mm -hmm. to the world that I was lovable. And so through my junior and high school years, you know, had multiple relationships, you know, um, wanting to have an emotional connection, right? Mm -hmm. Really truly wanting to um, just be able to connect on a level that I could really feel love, mm -hmm. but it, but was, was allowing people, you know, to use me, allowing people to um, just really that weren't there and were not interested in sharing that same emotion with me, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. And I think this is going to resonate so much um, with, with all the listeners. I mean, this is a story um, with similar themes, um, you know, just, I've heard again and again, and I just want to pause you there for just a moment, just talk about, you know, how you went back to four years old. And the reason why I was like, yes, please go back to four years old. Cause this is what I do with my clients. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, when is the first time like earliest or the most pronounced memory that you have where you felt like you did something wrong or you weren't good enough, or it wasn't safe to say what you really felt or something like that. Right. And we don't realize how much that actually affects us. Mm -hmm. And I was reading, um, I think it was in Bre one of Brene Brown's books about actually why that has such a pro profound effect on childhood. Um, and it's because like when you're a child, you're literally your life depends on your parents. Like if your parents just left, like you would probably die because you can't like can't right. go to the grocery store, you can't get food. Like, so, and like a child, like they, 
probably consciously don't know that, although maybe they do, but you know, I don't remember what I was thinking when I was four years old necessarily. But there's definitely like this, whether it's innate or subconscious, like, oh my gosh, if my parents don't love me, like I might die. And that's why it becomes really like actually like a traumatic experience. And then those traumatic experiences um, live with you. And so like in an adult, like a traumatic experience might be like a car accident um, or just like a really bad breakup. But even just these small little things like what you're talking about um, actually affect the brain as like as trauma would. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to point that out just for listeners. Like, so this stuff really matters. And that's why I'm like, you know, with my clients, I'm like, okay, tell me something that happened when you're four years old or tell me about your parents' relationship. And they're like, what the heck? Like, I want to know what to like write on my tender profile or something. You know? But isn't it right? <laughs> isn't it amazing though, when they do connect and they yeah. have that moment where it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is, this is the feeling I had, you know, I can relate to this. Mm-hmm. Unlovable. I felt this at this age. And mm-hmm. now I can see why now I can understand where this belief was created. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So like beyond school, you know, meeting, meeting my first husband, you know, it's the same thing, same idea of, you know, wanting to be loved, not having the self-worth or understanding mm-hmm. how to love myself. And I decided at that point going into adulthood, I was like, well, I'll just take a little bit. I don't need to be loved 100% the way I want to be loved. You know, I'll just, I'll just take 25%. And, and that's my life. I'm going to be there and I'm going to live like that. And that's good enough because I was so scared that if I didn't take the 25% in the relationship that no one was going to love me. So I allowed myself to, I mean, really such an illusion, right? Mm -hmm. But I talked myself into the fact that, you know, I didn't have to have someone love me or feel love for someone totally, that it was okay to take, you know, half of it. It was okay to settle. It was okay to let go of some of my own personal dreams for myself because I wanted to feel loved. So hence two marriages and two divorces, beautiful kids, like love my kids um, and everything's great there. But I mean, really, it's the wake up call. What it was for me is, um, you know, really being able to take responsibility for myself Mm. was the key Mm -hmm. to it. And in doing that, I finally had to say, okay, what are you doing? You have fallen to your knees in heartbreak. How many times? right? How many times do you want to be at the bottom like this, scraping your way back up because you've just been emotionally heartbroken so badly, you know, and, and you know how that is. If you've yeah. ever been heartbroken, oh, yeah. oh, it's, it can be extremely painful. So I, I finally had to stop and I had to say, okay, what, what's going on? What am I not taking responsibility for? What am I not seeing in these situations? Because you know what? It's like the hamster on the wheel. I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Mm, yeah. So that was really the key for me. It was when my healing really started to happen was when I decided to take full responsibility for what I had created in my life. And that didn't mean half responsibility and blame it on the other person, but it meant mm-hmm. full out responsibility. And then once I was able to take that responsibility, I spent a few years with myself. Like the, I love the idea of date yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And even in, in taking that time and in dating myself, if you will, you know, again, like you're saying, you have to dig into some of the, the pieces of ourselves that aren't always fun and feel good. But I knew in the process of going, you know, coming out the other side that I needed to feel some things I needed to, I needed to cry. I needed to work on forgiving myself for not showing up for myself the way I could have. Yeah. Oh, forgiveness is so big. Yeah. Um, I needed to, I needed to really just find myself again and build that self-worth and self-confidence and really look at every choice that I was making. So it became this once taking responsibility and as I'm going through the process of allowing myself to feel things that are coming up for me, you know, maybe it's, it's about feeling lonely or maybe it was about feeling, you know, the fact that I didn't have, I didn't feel worthy enough, whatever. And going through the forgiveness process. Then on the other side, it was about looking at every choice I made. 
that every choice mattered. There wasn't one bigger or smaller than the other, but every choice mattered. And that I better be making choices that were driving me in the direction of empowerment and inspiration. And so I would just stop myself and pause and look at my choices and look at where they'd be taking me. And I know that sounds so simple, but there's mm-hmm. so many things every all day long. We just make decisions, 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 yeah. especially sometimes we're in that default mode where we fall back into old habits or old tapes are talking. Oh, you can't, you know, you can't accomplish that because you're not worthy enough or yeah. why, do you, why do you think you're good enough to do that? Yeah. Or why do you deserve that guy? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, really looking and being, you know, very mindful of the choices that I was making. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that really was, that whole process was just, there were times when in that like three year period that I, you know, I, I went through some sadness and again, it was about forgiving myself for the choices that I made. Um, but also great joy in getting to know myself Mm -hmm. and, and great joy in um, realizing my self-worth. So every time I would make a choice that would move me to inspiration or empowerment, my own self-trust would build up a little bit more. My own self-love would build up a little bit more because I was putting myself first. Yeah. So it's kind of the the basics of, of my journey of unlovable and how I was able to, you know, it took me, it took me some hard paths to go down, but that in the end, uh, it needed to happen. Sure. Yeah. It needed to happen. So, um, one, one thing that I want to ask, um, you know, without like delving into, you know, personal relationships, but, um, one thing we talked about offline was, you know, just, uh, like when you don't love yourself attracting, like basically unwanted, situations or bad partners, or I shouldn't say bad partners, just not the right fit partners, partners Mm -hmm. that didn't treat you right. Um, And sometimes it's hard for my um, community to kind of see how subconsciously we could be attracting um, things that we subconsciously don't want. And do you have any examples of, you know, a situation that you were in where, you know, where you were, you know, not loving yourself, you know, um, seeking love from other people rather than from yourself where you're attracting unwanted uh, behaviors or partners or anything like that. I know I'm just putting on the spot there. <laughs> oh no, no, you put me on the spot. I'm thinking about my, um, my second husband mm-hmm. and I totally agree with what you say that it's about matching with the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just weren't, we just weren't a good, a good match, but so let me just see if I'm hearing you right. So in my thought process with him, like trying to hide this idea of unlovable, mm-hmm. right? I mean, basically, it's 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 almost like because I'm trying to hide this, he he feels it even more, right? And there's this this underlying sense there that he can see my insecurities, right? Mm-hmm. And he he can feel them. And so I'm creating this cycle with somebody who's not treating me very well, right? But I think part of that responsibility is in how I, it was in my own thinking. So this belief that what our thoughts create our beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. So you go back to the meaning making and how we make meaning out of things, even at a very young age, right? Mm -hmm. And so those thoughts become beliefs and then our beliefs become what's in front of us. And so it's like your beliefs actually manifest um, physically and in your experiences. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I totally follow you. Follow you. But for for people who aren't familiar with thoughts, create your reality. um, I can give an example. But if you have an example from you know either your second husband or another relationship um, of how like you created something with your thoughts. Well, I created somebody mm-hmm. basically was, was talking negatively. Like it was my, it was almost like my own negative tape that was inside my head. He mm. was verbally like spewing on me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does, does that help? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, this is some, a conversation I've had with 
a lot of my clients, it's, um, you know, you teach people how to treat you. And if you don't prioritize yourself, um, it's really hard to expect anyone else to, you know, have, 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 um, you be a priority in their life in any way. Um, and kind of like the broader example of this is like, if a, if a guy goes to a bar and is like, Oh, I'm going to start a fight. Like he's probably going to get in a fight. Like that's like right. a more simple example, but it's kind of the the same thing. And a more nuanced example. Um, one of my clients, uh, just didn't trust men. She thought all men just wanted sex. And, um, that was just her reality. Every single guy she attracted wanted sex with her. And, um, and we were having, you know, she was like, can't, couldn't figure out why and was getting frustrated. Didn't trust men, didn't trust herself, all these things. Well, like it turns out like she had this belief that there was no way to be intimate um, with someone else other than sex. And um, I was like, well, of course, because once you cross that barrier of just being acquaintances to something more, there's no way for you to be intimate with that person except for sex. So, of course, that's the only people that you're going to be attracting because that's the only type of intimacy that, that you know. So we had to work through that. So it's just, um, you know, that's another just example of like, you know, the thoughts in our head just we create our thoughts or our thoughts create our reality. Absolutely. And, and the cool thing is that when you change your thoughts, you can change your reality. So can you talk a little bit about, about that? Yeah, I can, I can continue on with that yeah. example. Actually, yeah. I was just going to speak into this just to give it that, that exactly what you're saying full circle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now that we're divorced um, and we have a business relationship with kids Um, you know, when that first happened, there was a lot of push, push, push. Like he was still coming at me really strong because I wasn't confident in myself. Mm. And now since I have grown my confidence, my self-worth, since I have made taking care of myself a priority. And that means in this situation that if someone's speaking to me, that does not feel good to me, or if someone, um, is being too aggressive and how they're speaking with me, that I reserve the right to to walk away, take a time out mm-hmm. or step back. And so it took a bit for him to really see and understand that I was done yeah. with that kind of behavior. And so now we have this great, and again, I stress it's a business relationship. We're in the business of our kids. Um, and that's what we stick to. Yeah. We don't try to do emotion. We don't try to do anything like that, but it's, it's very much factual based. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we deal with emotions of kids, but, um, for us and interacting and it's been, it's been great. It's been, it's been an amazing transformation in him. Um, and I know that he, he, I know that he knows, I know that he feels my strength. Yeah. That I love that you say that because a couple of women in the date yourself challenge, um, one had like ran into an ex and he just was just like, you seem different. Um, and he couldn't put his finger on it. Obviously she had no, he had no idea what she was up to and that she was doing this date yourself challenge. Um, but this is something that I hear again and again, like when, you know, people who weren't putting themselves first, start putting themselves first, other people can tell, like there's something different about that person and the dynamics of the relationship just fundamentally change usually for the better. It does because that goes back to that whole idea that your beliefs are creating your reality. So Mm -hmm. when you're shifting your perception about yourself and when you're creating a, you know, a higher self-worth and you're being more authentic in what you're saying, you're showing up real, it Mm -hmm. shifts everything. It shifts how people show up back to you. It Mm -hmm. shifts, you know, situations that can open up, um, space that new space that can open up. Um, it's quite amazing. Yeah. It's quite amazing. Yeah, definitely. So one thing that I want to, um, want to ask, or I just want to get clarification on, um, going back to, you know, kind of, I guess your before, um, so to speak. Now I, I under, I understand that you said that you, you know, had to hide that you were unlovable and that you weren't lovable. Um, but I think that's a different question. Did you love yourself or did you not love yourself during that time? Oh, I, I definitely did not love myself. Okay. Um, the, the hiding of the unlovable was definitely that someone almost like that someone was going to figure out my greatest secret mm. that okay. I, I wanted to put that away in the closet. I didn't want anyone to see that that was a piece of who I was, that I, 
you know, it's almost like I was broken or imperfect or, um, you know, that idea that there was something wrong with me and I wasn't worthy of being loved. So I definitely felt that way. And it, it actually came out, um, not only in relationships with, with others, but the relationship that I had with food and with Mm. myself because I suffered, um, from an eating disorder for a number of years up and off and on up until my, um, adulthood. Yeah. And again, that was my way of coping with emotions that I didn't want to look at or couldn't deal with. Yeah. And so, you know, it would, I, you know, I would be fine for a number of years, but if any situation that came up that was threatening that, I was being exposed or something very stressful or very painful. Mm-hmm. My tendency would be to go back to old habits with yeah. that. And again, I can honest to God, and I've worked with a lot of people that have um, gone through eating disorders, but I do believe in full recovery in that. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that that piece of me, that piece of my story is gone. It's I'm not going to throw it away. It's a piece of my puzzle that completes me. It's just that I have been able to understand, um, you know, why, why it was there. And again, it was this um, idea that I wasn't good enough, that I was unworthy, um, that I had something, you know, I had something to hide and that food became like a fear of mine too and an issue. So also that I could control, if you will. Yeah. That's, that's a whole separate piece of it, but um. yeah, I mean, but it's interesting because, um, I haven't, I haven't like done a formal survey or anything, but a high percentage of the women that come to me also have some sort of, um, disordered eating, um, or just like an, which I didn't have disordered eating, but just an unhealthy body image and healthy relationship to food and extreme counting, which is, um, definitely what I did. So it's, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it's, um, it's so related. And the reason why I asked you the difference, um, between that and maybe one of your clients went through this realization, but, you know, I have a number of clients, um, or people just who went through the date yourself challenge, um, and halfway through our time working together or through the challenge, they like realize they actually don't love themselves. Um, but they didn't realize that until it kind of came out through our work together and our coaching together. Um, and sometimes like that can just be like way more traumatizing than just having the dull pain of like, you know, not living an authentic, unauthentic life. So I was just kind of curious if you can talk a little bit to that base, you know, in your experience or, and I know you kind of like always had this feeling. So it wasn't like, the same realization that some of my clients have, but maybe some of your clients have had that realization and just, um, you know, what, you know, how do we handle that? It's so interesting because that idea of living that dull pain. So it's like living status quo. Like Mm -hmm. this is it. Like I, this is it in my life. I, I don't deserve anymore. I can't get anymore. Um, versus sometimes, like I was saying, we have to go through, some painful experiences in order to, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a wake up call, right? Yeah. Like you gotta, you're either going to lay here and, and drown or you better get up and start, you know, making your way back up. You have Mm -hmm. a choice you have to make. Um, you know, I, I, when you were speaking about body image and, you know, other food issues, it's interesting because I find that that connects a lot with my clients too, on some level or another. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the people that I've worked with, I haven't, I've had, I've, I have, I have had a couple of experiences where, you know, it's almost like they're in this state of denial or they don't want to show all of their true self. Mm-hmm. So they say, yeah, I'm pretty happy with myself. Like I got mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you tap into something, you know, an incident that happens or something that they um, realize about themselves that they haven't, you know, by doing work, um, you know, whatever that looks like, how you do work and how I do work, Mm -hmm. that it can be almost like reawakening a trauma. Yeah. Right. But I think the thing is that in that space, when we can really, go through that space, it, it's going to take that initial pain, you know, you can really heal that. And you can come back to that place in such a deeper level, though, of loving yourself. 
I mean, really, who wants if if you truly think that, you know, you like yourself, then you have a moment where you're like, oh, my gosh, I really don't. I can't believe this. Wouldn't you want to work towards then gaining like that next step of going, Okay, who am I really? Who am I really? And, you know, what does loving myself look like? Yeah. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I um, and I just wanted to bring this up because, um, you know, when you whether when you're like, I don't know, like at the beginning of your self-discovery or self-development journey, like and I definitely had this moment we were talking offline um, where I was just like, God damn, why, why do I why did I start this self-development journey? Like, this is hard. <laughs> like, this sucks right now. I feel like shit. And um and yeah, and I definitely had plenty of those moments and they never really go away, right? Like, it's not like we're always just like super happy and like, we. <laughs> and if someone is, I'm actually like usually suspicious that they're hiding something or covering up something. Exactly. Um, but, you know, it doesn't mean like everyone has to be, you know, I'm not trying to be like the Debbie Downer, like, oh, if you're too happy, then obviously something's wrong with you. But, um, you know, I do have, you know, at some when I was going through, especially more in the beginning of my self-development journey, I was just like, Oh God, maybe I should have just stayed, you know, with that dull pain that we we're talking about. Cause that's manageable. I can, I can, I can like, um, comfort that dull pain with like food or alcohol mm-hmm. or going out or something like that. And that just seems more fun than having to deal with all this other bullshit that comes along with self-development. Right. Um, and so I just wanted to, to, to say that cause uh, you know, I, I don't know about the women in your community, but in mine, they're, they're usually earlier on in their self-development. It's not like they've been doing this for years. Right. Although some, some certainly have. Um, and it's just a constant reminder that like self-development does not mean the easy way, but I think it means right. the more fulfilling, <laughs> deeper way. You know, it's interesting in saying that, though, because, you know, you've been on your journey and I, I've been on mine. I There are times when I know that I need to tap into an old trauma or I'm having a lot of emotion. I'm feeling really sad. Mm-hmm. And I know from my work that I want to be with my emotion, that I want to feel and really look at what's coming up. Um, and I don't look at that as a bad thing or wrong mm-hmm. thing anymore. You know, it's, it's almost like I embrace those moments when I might be feeling a little bit of pain coming back in or something. It's just another level that I'm working through mm-hmm. and part of our humanness um, that's going to help us to continue to grow and expand. So, you know, where before, like I lived, you know, in a, like hiding and secrecy and dull pain and, you know, much easier than you know, having to deal with some of the big seated issues. And then once that exploded and I got through um, an intense period, realizing that, hey, I survived this and I feel so much better. Like I am a true warrior. I am courageous and I am strong. Like now it's like when those moments come up um, that I know that I need to things I need to work on or if I'm feeling a certain way that I can embrace it from a different standpoint. It's not that I'm saying that crying for two hours feels necessarily good, mm-hmm. might be good after, but knowing that the act of doing it is, is healing for me and good for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, Oh, I'd rather just watch like six episodes of something on Netflix right now. Um, and that's okay too. Right. Like it is totally. <laughs> that's so funny. You said that because on our last podcast, we uh, were just talking about how one of my, my um, goals for the summer is to not get into a Netflix series. I just finished uh, one and I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to wait until fall because you're absolutely right. It is okay. Like if that's the way that I need to check out and disconnect and it's entertainment for me, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm okay with that as long as I'm being responsible with myself and I do other things of course too. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I'm on a, a a path of, uh, no series for the next three months. That's funny because, 
um, Stevie and I operate on the opposite schedule because the weather actually here is nice from like October to April. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> and so, so even though it's like beautiful outside, well, it looks beautiful. It's like really like an oven and it's torturous. So we actually watch a lot of our shows during the summer when like you literally can't be outside. It's too hot. That's um, so we're like gearing up for like, oh my God, we got so much Netflix to watch this summer. It's <laughs> totally the opposite, which I love. It's so funny. Um, yeah. And that was like actually another thing. And I talked about this a little bit in my Facebook group. So I'm obsessed with Facebook live. So sometimes I just get on Facebook live and just start talking what I'm, whatever's coming to mind. Um, but one thing I was saying is also a part of the self-development journey besides sometimes it can be harder than just having the dull pain. Um, I start feeling guilty when I'm indulging in like, quote unquote, shallow things like, um, Netflix and even binge watching Netflix or, um, I really love, uh, watching Kate Middleton's fashion and Michelle Obama's fashion. And so like, obviously it's so superficial. And now like it's trending all over Facebook that she's wearing the same dress that she wore at the christening or whatever. Um, and I'm like, I, I love that kind of stuff. I just love it. And, and I used to feel really guilty because I'm like, this is not the higher conscious way of living or self discovered way of living. And, and that would almost cause, you know, like those sharp pains that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, I just wanted to to point that out that, you know, it's, doing, doing things like that is still, it's like, okay. Like yeah, it's not to feel that's like- our human <laughs> side. Right. And we need to be able to relax and rejuvenate in all different ways, mm-hmm. I believe. But when you were talking about that, it reminds me, and so you'll be able to relate because your fitness background, you know, the times you're in the grocery store and like, I have a couple things in my shopping cart. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to see like this idea that because like I teach group fitness classes and I personal train people, if I run Mm -hmm. into anybody that takes my class and they see I've got like my son's Reese's Pieces cereal, you know, like in the bottom of the cart, they're going to be like, oh, huh? Like there's that, that judgment, but not that I care, but it's just funny. Yeah. No, Uh, I can, I can relate. I can totally (laughs) relate to that as well. Um, uh, oh my gosh, the question I wanted to ask totally went away just now. I've been having a lot of brain farts lately. That's Um, (laughs) okay. I'll come back to you or you can, you can think of another one. Um, no, but it was something that you said and I was like, oh man, I want to, to talk about that. Um, oh yes, I know what it is. Um, okay. So let's say someone is either just realized like, wow, I don't really love myself or, um, or I've always known that. And they actually want to do something about that. They've decided they don't want the dull pain. They want to deal with the sharp pain for a better, for a better way. Um, what are some, like, what, like, what do you tell your clients to do? Like, what are the first few things they can start doing? Uh, hire a coach, (laughs) someone like you, someone like me, someone out there that can support them because going through, going through the, the, the pain, the hard pain is challenging when you're by yourself and you don't Mm -hmm. feel, um, supported Mm -hmm. or if that's not something that they want to do, um, trying to hook into a community, like Mm -hmm. how you have a great community. And I know I love our community as well, but people need to feel like their voice matters they need to feel like they're a part of something and they need to feel loved. Yeah. And so it's really about trying to connect with that. Um, you know, you can, you can break it down and use smaller tools and strategies, but, but honestly, when you're talking about really getting into the thick of the pain, um, you know, it, one trust themselves and, you know, allow that courageous side um, to come out, you know, cause when we're talking about going into trauma, when we're talking about allowing ourselves to open up and feel that, you know, I mean, I have clients that have tell me things that, you know, they haven't told anybody in their lives about abuse or this, mm-hmm. you know, when they get to that point, when there's that trust that they feel like they can open up, it's like a huge weight is lifted. Yeah. And then they're kind of like, what do I do with it now? Because this has been my identity for so long. I've yeah. held on to this identity of who I was. How do I shift that? You know, so being gentle with yourself um, and acknowledging how courageous um, you are when you are willing to step into some of the pain. Um, You know, so being being able to feel, but honestly, any kind of support you can get, whether that's through some type of, of 
coaching, whether it's group or individual, joining a community of people of like mind or that you feel um, you can have support in listening to podcasts like this. I think all of those things yeah. are a good way to go. Yeah. And I definitely, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a coach, so I'm going to say it, but hiring a coach for me, like I, I worked with a coach um, as well. And it, I mean, a coach just sees things you can't see, but also like kind of speaking to what you just said and what we've kind of been talking about the past 10 or 15 minutes is that it's self-development is not easy. It's, you know, things come up and it's hard and it's not so much that, I mean, it is hard, you know, when you have this realization, you don't love yourself and whatever else is coming up, but all of those things are your identity. And so when you start kind of pulling those apart, it's, you literally feel like you're pulling yourself apart and, um, you know, for better or worse, like that's who your experiences make up who you are. And when you start dissecting them, it's like, I mean, you literally just feel like you're cutting yourself open. Right. And Um, so what happens when we start to do that? You know, what, what do we, what is our first reaction? You know, maybe we cut through a little bit. And then a lot of times what happens is we get a bandaid and cover it up because Mm -hmm. the pain's too great and fear resistance steps in our way. We find all sorts of excuses of why living dull in the dull pain is easier. So I, I do agree with you 100%. I, I have a coach that I still um, see and saw for, you know, 18 months straight. But I believe in that power of having a partnership where someone is working with you and helping you to um, heal through the pain and know that you're not alone. Yeah, not alone. Um, so being validated mm. for the experience as well. Yeah. So true. Um, I love that. And I think this is a really good note to wrap up this uh, show or this episode with. So um, Maggie, if my listeners want to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? The best way for them to do that, I would say is through email. And I'm at Maggie at strong body, mm-hmm. um, We're also on Facebook, um, Twitter at SBW heart, um, Instagram, SBW Heart underscore Maggie. Um, but email is always the, the quickest and fastest way. Awesome. For me, yeah. And we'll put all of those links in the, and I'll also um, put the link to my interview with her business partner, um, yeah, Kelly, Kelly, in the show. Um, and those will all be at the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 24. It's number 24. Not And, um, I totally, I try to warn all my interviewees that the about the last question. Um, and I totally forgot to do that offline. So I'm going to put you in the hot, um, the hot seat. Okay, Um, It's not a hard question. What (laughs) is your favorite way to treat yourself? My favorite way to treat myself. Mm -hmm. Getting out of town, doing something Mm. and a lot of times in nature, So, you know, even if it's driving an hour, an hour and a half somewhere to go on a hike, um, or maybe it's just about going to, um, down by the Finger Lakes and just hanging out, Mm -hmm. um, but just being outside, I really love, um, it's very nurturing to me, but that, that's a real treat for me is to just, and, and absolutely like taking a weekend out of town and, you know, a night out of town here or there. Um, which actually I'm going to do this coming weekend, um, just for a little R and R, you know, it's just like a one night, um, plan, but it's so nice to step out of, Mm -hmm. you know, just every, everything, all the day to day tasks and things like that. And just really give myself an opportunity to, to breathe and to Mm -hmm. relax. Yeah. That's a good question. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always interesting to hear, um, uh, people's responses. Um, but he had a very good one. So good job. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today. And um, yeah, just thank you so much for sharing your insights. I just love this conversation on from um, unlovable to lovable. I just think it's going to resonate uh, with so many people and I'm just excited to share this with them. I'm so glad. And Veronica, I have to just say this has been such an inspiring conversation for me too. I always love connecting with people that, you know, we speak 
similar emotional language. And, you know, I walk away just feeling so filled up. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, y'all. So guess what? I'm hosting a virtual retreat July 29th through the 31st to help you get over your ex in a weekend. No fluff, no BS, just a clear process to help you create the mindset shifts necessary to get over your ex and to stop attracting emotionally unavailable men. The retreat is based on the seven steps I take my private clients through to get over their ex, and now I want to take you through it too. Get Over Your Ex in a Weekend will be a mixture of live video streaming of workshops, meditations, and exercises, and self-guided practices to do on your own in the comfort of your own home. All the life-changing benefits of a soulful retreat with zero travel required and a fraction of the cost. My goal for you during the weekend is to go from heartbreak and confusion to clarity and purpose in dating. We're going to talk about the truth about why you get rejected, how to get the closure you need to move on, my strategy to make sure you get out of the dating pattern you're in so you don't date the same person again and again, just in a different body, what it means to get your power back from your ex and why it's 100% essential to move on, and how to start trusting yourself and men again when your confidence is shattered. This isn't about giving you a few tips to get over an ex. It's about walking you through a very specific process so you can start a whole new way of loving and living. If you're interested in joining me for Get Over your ex in a weekend on July 29th through the 31st, go to veronicagrant.com forward slash retreat to learn more and sign up there. Again, it's veronicagrant.com forward slash retreat. I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Date Yourself Radio. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive free coaching with me in an upcoming episode or submit your question. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe to it in iTunes. I would also be so grateful if you left a review since that helps me share the power of dating yourself with more women. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be a part of my community at veronicagrant.com. Until next week, here's to treating yourself the way you want to be treated. Much love and happy dating. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.